game for what it is. Well, let me tell you one thing about Breath of the Wild. Started playing that game, and within <gasps> with, within five it. minutes of getting control of my character, my switch is chugging. Like I'm down to like ten frames. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody talks about this game like it's a masterpiece, and so far it's barely holding together. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> that's, that's Why does everybody hilarious. like this game? That's so? why. What's up, everyone? Welcome into Lighthearted Gamers, episode 49. That's right, 49 episodes. We're about to hit the big 50. You know, they say a lot of podcasts don't make it past 10 episodes. If you make it past the 10-episode mark, you're in a really good pace to keep on going. You know, 10 episodes is usually when people kind of give up, and here we are. We're still rocking. 49 episodes, about to hit Big 50, where we do have a very special episode planned. It's not going to be our normal gist of breaking down all the news. We're going to be giving you 50 video games you absolutely need to play. Really excited to record that. Really excited to get that out. Hopefully, you guys enjoy it as well. For that episode, we do have one confirmed guest, possibly another guest. The other guest has never been on the show before, but they've been talked about a lot. So really hoping they can get on the show. But the guest that we do have confirmed is actually here today for Lighthearted Gamers, episode 49. Joining with me, as always, here in the studio, I do have Zach running the cam. Zach, how are you doing today? I'm good. Surprise, I'm the guest. He is the guest. I'm always here, though. Yes. So. Yes. And then, of course, we do have returning once again, we have John here to talk about some stuff with us. John, how are you? I'm doing all right. I kind of already forgot I agreed to that. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like, oh yeah, shit! I gotta start prepping for that, don't I? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, it's next week. We'll have a good time. Um, so John here is going to be talking about a new MMO that has recently come out, one that caught Zach's eye, one that caught my eye as well. Looking forward to hearing more about it today. That is called Sword of Legends Online. Really excited to hear about uh, how John's experience has been on that so far. Uh, but first and foremost, if you could go follow us at Twitter at LH Gamers Podcast, we'd greatly appreciate that follow. Uh, make sure to also go check out my other podcast, Anime Plus, at Anime Podcast. And we do have a new show that is coming out here soon. If you like football, this is going to be a show for you called A Terrible Football Show. Uh, that handle is at Terrible FB Show. Go give us a follow where we're dropping some football news right now. Looking forward to getting that show out here in the near future. And lastly, if you want to support us further, the Patreon's a great way to do so. But do not feel obligated. But if you, you, know, you want to help us out some more, Patreon's a great way to go, and we'd greatly appreciate it. But if not, hey, whatever, just be a friend. Tell a friend that you're listening to the show. Uh, and, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to like the video, give us a subscribe, you know, at our new custom URL, youtube.com forward slash sparky3. So big shout out to that. Thank you so much to everyone who subscribed here recently. Uh, with that here, with that said, let's go ahead and we're going to lead off the show with John here talking about Sword of Legends Online. You know, this is, uh, like I said, a brand new MMO that's recently come out with, with, with a very, you know, decent price here at 40 bucks mm -hmm. leading off. Not bad there. So, John, let's talk about it. What is Sword of Legends Online? What is it about? How is it going for you? How overall are you enjoy? It. Tell me how I become the next Monkey King, please. I don't know. So I want to know that too. I don't know so much about Monkey King Damn so it. far. Uh, yeah, it's it's so far it's a fairly interesting game. Uh, pretty all I've, from what I've noticed, I've I've started three different classes of the six that are available, and it seems like for the most part, aside from which, like depending on which class is your home base in that, it's pretty much the same story so okay. you can kind of run through it if you've been through it once or tw once or twice before mm -hmm. uh when you say classes are we talking like standardish classes for mmo or are they sort of unique to this uh the system with them is kind of interesting because each each uh base class has two variations to it uh the melee classes uh the berserker and Spearmaster, they have their DPS variants and then their tank variants. Uh, there's a, a bard which has a healer variant and range damage variant. Uh, summoner, which is range damage and healer. And then spell sword, which is uh, just your all-out damage class, ranged and melee. Uh, Sounds fun. And switching between them seems to be fairly straightforward. It's just a menu option where you can uh, switch between one set and the other. Okay. It, it seems like just at a, just by selecting the other one. 
Because right. you just essentially just activate which one you're using. Okay, so it's not necessarily like different spec trees. It's just choosing to play one style o- over the other. I uh, kind of. Uh, it's like some of the abilities are locked to the different classes, and then they have at different level breakpoints. You essentially get little talent points where you can select uh, how different abilities are going to interact, basically. Different passives that you select. Okay. Some of them are better for the DPS classes. Some of them are better for the other classes. Gotcha. Mm. Uh, I did leave one class out. It's a Reaper, uh, which is another melee class. And then its counterpart is the Occultist, uh, which is more of a support class. But it's... Uh, it's an interesting game. Kind of starts out where, I guess, part of the lore is a long time ago. Uh, long time ago, there was these kind of warriors that wielded these three swords, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, the trainees through the different uh, through the different factions kind of uh, go up and try to see if their soul can bind to the soul from one of these weapons. And then a bunch of bunch of evil evil people kind of attack and from there it's kind of straightforward for the most part. Sweet, so are you on a quest to reclaim these three swords? No, you you bind your soul to one of the swords, one of the three legendary ones, right? Yeah, okay. basically one of the three swords and then it's empowering that empowering that connection. Okay. And try and basically trying to uh get rid of all of the negative forces throughout that keep c- trying to invade. Gotcha. Uh, so far, it's pretty good. There's been a ton of people online. Uh, yeah, I've pretty- seen the hype for it is massive right now. Like, I know, you know, as some of these games do over on Steam, it has the waiting and queue thing to make even make the purchase right now. Like, I know it, there's a lot of hype for it. Yeah, because I, I bought it on the the client it's native to. Mm-hmm. Uh Partially because I didn't realize that's where I was buying it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, pretty much everywhere I've been so far, there's all like it's constantly full of people, uh, which is, I mean, surprising and good because right. I didn't know a whole lot of like I only heard about this game a week or two before it was coming out. Hey, that's longer than me because I didn't know about it till it popped up. Hey, we're released. Well, from from what I understand, it's a Fairly well, or a really well-recepted game in China. Yeah. it's It's been out in China for, I think, three years. Uh, and it's been come over. And one of the things that kind of brought me to it uh, when I first kind of looked up about it, when I heard about it is there's not, there's no, like, RNG upgrade system. Like okay. some of the other MMOs gotcha. have where it's like you got you have a chance to, get an improvement on your weapon, yeah. but also a chance to destroy it or anything. Right. It's right. just, it's pretty, it's cut and dry. Like I've encountered that system at this point. And it's, if you have the materials, you can upgrade it as long as there's upgrade slots available. I mean, that's nice. Uh, and then one of the nice things is uh, when, you, when you're kind of encountering your dungeons for the first time, they have what they call the, the drill rank. Uh, which is kind of the story progression rank where you can go into it with an AI companion basically to clear it out. So it kind of gets you used to the used to the mechanics of it, used to used to how the flow of the dungeon will kind of work before you just jump in with other people, especially if you're not used to uh, running that type of content in these mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. And at least from what I understand, there's no sort of like pay-to-win features, anything like that. The, oh, the shop is entirely cosmetics. Oh, that's good. And then there's... Uh, I've seen some of, some of the different factions in the game. Uh, a lot of what they offer from, like, their their stores in-game is, like, cosmetic effects as well. Mm-hmm. But I've been enjoying my time so far. How many hours have you put in? Probably under 10 right now. Gotcha. Uh, like I said, I've... I've Played three different classes right now. I was kind of been flopping between them, seeing which one I like the best so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so far, I've been enjoying playing this, playing a spear master. It's pretty much the straightforward style that I was looking for. Right. 
an interesting thing that's going to uh, be something for us to watch on with this game is what is the obviously the hype is is very strong right now but what is the community going to look like you know as time passed since it did just come out for us you know the numbers are really high right now but how is it going to sustain you know what i mean like how long is going to last that is something to watch for us my other question is for it is since i haven't really looked deep into it is you john you said it's been out in china for about three years so i assume with the release here in the west it's just base content and we have no update content that's come out in china i would guess uh i believe the Chinese game has had con like previous uh like add-ons to mm-hmm. it or things at different content added to the game and I believe I don't think it's or I don't know exactly when it all of that would be coming over but it, it seems to be moving fairly quick. I will say one thing with the game the translation's not the greatest. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's it's like some of the some of the English dialogue is kind of rushed through or like cuts off at points. All your like base m- belong to us. Like mid conversation. Like right. they'll be in the middle of a sentence and then it'll cut off and move to the next sentence. <laughs> 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 like it's not quite paced correctly. Or mm-hmm. one person will be talking and they'll say a couple sentences in English and then transition to Chinese out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> so that's and that part's kind of rough. Got yeah, it. <laughs> the, the menu system, most of the menu is translated to English fairly well. It's not some of it's not the best like it took I had to reread a few things a couple times to understand what I was what I was looking at and mm-hmm. then some of the some of the like uh icons that you like in the skills menu uh are still in chinese so i'm not quite sure what they're for but i get i mean get, i get the gist of it like a lot of the talent points and stuff that you select uh they at least have different thumbs up icons in right. different colors so, you know, one's good for DPS, one's good for tank. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, overall, it's pretty solid right now. And uh, at least from what I've seen, the the community that's there right now is pretty welcoming. It's oh, like loose. Yeah, it's like there's there seems to be quite a few people like uh, willing to help out right now for people that don't really know what they're getting into. Gotcha. I guess my only other question with it is, is it just buy and play? There's no subscription? It's currently buy and play. That's okay. I, yeah. okay, that's good. That's yeah. good. From what I understand, it's buy and play. I haven't seen any anything for subscriptions. It's just there is the the cash shop that has, like I said, purely cosmetics. Gotcha. Uh, there's no like weight limit increases, bag space, anything like that. If you want a different color costume, you can buy that. You want your mount to be a different color, you can buy that. Okay. Uh, for this game, is this something that you would recommend people to go ahead and pick up now, or hold off on it until it maybe like a sale or something? I'd say if you if you're interested in interested in MMO and needing something new, don't don't want to jump in on a, like a subscription based game. Right. It's like so far this one's I would say this one's fairly solid. Okay. So if if you're looking to scratch that itch, this game will this game will do it for you. Nice, nice. Uh, I have actually picked up a, a new game just last night, and I will say I'm actually pretty excited to pick it back up later. It's uh, was on uh, you know PlayStation Plus for this month. Uh, a Plague Tale Innocence is a game that I just randomly decided to pick up last night and start playing. How is that? Because I know there's a second one that's supposed to be coming out soon. Yep, comes out next year. Uh, well, I got depressed in about five minutes, so that didn't take long. Get to watch your dog get like brutally just like eaten and then just drug underground by something. So that was depressing. Didn't like that. But uh, I mean, I'm only three chapters in. I only played for probably about an hour last night and I did enjoy what I got to play. But the whole premise of course is, you know, it's all based on the black death. Um, you know, you're focusing on uh, a couple siblings. Um, you know, the, you're playing as a uh, Missia, the uh, elder sibling. And then you're basically kind of carrying around um, her younger brother, Hugo, who has been very sick his entire life. And she's never really connected with him because he's been like kept away from her while the mother's been treating him because of the illness that he has, which I'm based on the little tidbits that we got at the beginning. Okay. That I, I can't help it, Alex. I got. So what you've just told me is the sister's been separated from the brother because of an abusive mother, correct? Not abusive, no. Oh, just because of the mother? Because uh, he's because he's had an illness and she's been treating him this entire time. Okay, because all in my head I could hear is you said the female's name is Missia. Amicia. Miss you and Hugo. Hugo. 
Yeah, God damn it. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> okay, I, carry on. Okay. I don't know much about this game. Is this like an act is this like a game game or is this kind of like an interactive story? This is a game game. Okay. Yeah, this is a game game. Um you know, so when it comes to like Hugo's um, you know, illness, whatever, uh, uh that that seems like it's going to be a very major plot point of the game just from the little tidbits that we have gotten because the mother you know didn't really get didn't really have a chance to explain to Amicia what is the what is the problem uh, you go wh- to heaven I hate you <laughs> <laughs> okay I'll stop now I can't I, I can contain it now you he can contain it now okay he'll he'll strike again later about something else um, but I mean, you know, very early in the game, you know, after your dog gets brutally, you know, eaten by something, you and your father return back to your, your manor and stuff. And, you know, your the dad's going to basically initiate a hunt for whatever this is. And that's when um, a group called the Inquisition comes and just starts basically killing everyone, you know, at the manor, you know, because they're wanting Hugo for one reason or another, which, again, has to probably do with whatever his illness is. Uh, but the whole like, you know, the whole like game, the game style the gameplay is it's pretty much a it's just it's a survival game is basically what it is anything can kill you almost instantly uh you know how you kind of get hugo from one area to another as part of the gameplay like if you if you're going through like certain areas and you're like not holding his hand for example because he's literally just like a little kid you know he'll start to like freak out and like have a panic attack which will then alert other people to find you so like it's like holding him holding on to him taking him through areas helping him boost over stuff you know telling him hey crawl under there open the door you know just that sort of dynamic of like here wait here i'm gonna go distract and stuff like that that that's more or less the base premise of the of the gameplay that i've gotten in the first hour you know you've got a couple things where you can like throw pots to create distractions you have a sling to throw rocks to help break stuff and you know knock people out cold Mm -hmm. throw rocks to help create distractions as well and just try to you know further get through the game you know in the first you know few minutes your, your father gets murdered your mother gets murdered and before your mother gets murdered she tells you to go find a, a doctor uh which can help you know f- you know further with uh hugo's illness which you know from the vibe that i'm getting because obviously it hasn't explained it i'm getting a little bit of almost like a kind of like a last of us vibe with ellie you know how she's immune i'm getting something along that's the vibe that i'm getting when it comes to hugo that whatever's wrong with him is going to play into the with the plague i feel like that's the vibe that i've been getting is it's kind of like kind of like an ellie dynamic for the last of us yeah, so I don't know. I'm excited to hop back onto it later. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed the first hour. I'm I'm in the third chapter right now. Just started it last night. So looking forward to seeing what else is going to come out of it, though. So is it a 2D or 3D? 3D. 3D? Because mm-hmm. with how you're describing it, it makes me think of uh, Inside and um, I can't think of the other one, what it's called. It's the one with the friggin' I know. Giant, I, didn't, I know which one you're talking about. The giant about. spider of doom. Yes, yes, I hear that. I hear that too. Yep, that's somebody. Da 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 da. da. I think it was you. Cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I guess I guess the cord wasn't plugged in all the way. Yeah, well, apologies for that. May just cut that. No big deal. Yeah. Um, I feel like your journey to find this doctor, though, probably a lot faster if you left the kid behind. I just brought the doctor to him. Well, see, you just leave the kid behind. The kid's probably going to get taken and killed or something. I don't know. Because there's really no place to leave him. I mean, you can always do the Resident Evil 4 thing and just put him in a dumpster. Drop him off. You'll be back in a week. (laughs) Well, we did find a very nice old lady in this town in Chapter 2 that would would probably be willing to do that. But unfortunately, we're, we're not. The kid was being a little shit. You know, he's a little kid. He doesn't understand exactly what's kind of going on. I thought he was sick. He he is sick, um, you know, but he's being a little shit, kind of messing with like a uh, like a hammer or something, and um, you know, you know, you're trying to tell him to be quiet. You don't want to get you know, the you know there are people out there trying to kill kill you because they think that you have the plague and that you brought it into the village, and at that point, you know, you still haven't told that you told him that your your parents are are dead, and so he's just like, we have to go find mummy, we have to go find mummy and daddy, and then it's just like, no, they're they're dead. That's when you finally told him they're dead. And he goes running out of the house and starts running through the village like a little dipshit, which then gets him into trouble. You know, he, I, this kid's gonna be a pain in the ass all game. I can already tell. But either way, I'm excited to continue playing it, see what's going to come out of it, see if it might interest me in the second one coming out next year. Never even heard of this game until I saw it come out on PlayStation Plus, but 
<laughs> we'll see how it goes. Free PS5 game. Let's see. Let's see if I enjoy it or not. Uh, I also plan to pick up uh, Skyward Sword HD probably next week when I get paid. That just dropped uh, yesterday. Looking forward to playing that. Um, which actually, let me ask you guys a question about that because this is kind of an interesting conversation, real quick. You know, so with Skyward HD coming out, you know, we we've already started seeing reviews come out for it. Got a, you know got caught couple of perfect ratings 10 out of 10s you know got some 9 out of 10s 8 out of 10s but some of the like some of like the the mid-range like 7 out of 10s and stuff like that you know the common complaint that people had about it is that oh you know Brett the Wild did did it so much better Brett the Wild did the gameplay so much better so we, we you know we we are we're in that post Brett the Wild era right now so my question is because of that do you think that's going to hurt any other future, you know, like Zelda ports that come up is that everyone's just going to immediately compare it to Breath of the Wild and not just take the game for what it is. Well, let me tell you one thing about Breath of the Wild. Started playing that game and within <gasps> with, within it. five minutes of getting control of my character, my switch is chugging. Like I'm down to like 10 frames. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody talks about this game like it's a masterpiece, and so far it's barely holding together. <laughs> I don't understand. That's, that's Why does everybody hilarious. like this game that's so funny. much? That is really funny. <laughs> I didn't know you started playing it. Yeah, uh, I know. I didn't tell you. No. Well, no, thanks. <laughs> thanks for telling me now. <laughs> Surprise. Well, I'll look, hopefully I can hear more of your thoughts on it later as you further get through the game if your Switch can handle it. <laughs> Do you have, like, a first-generation Switch? No, I didn't get a Switch for a long time. Okay, that's what I thought, so that's just yeah, weird. He's got the Smash Switch, which oh. actually might still be considered first-generation. I don't think that was. I don't think the Smash Switch was part of the Redbox ver- version, which is version 2. So I think technically, yeah, you still have uh, first-generation. I don't know. I've played, a, I've played a fair number of games on it, and this is only the... I think this is only the first time that it's really chugged as bad as it did. <laughs> I like how you're using the word chugged for this. <laughs> If you'd have seen it, you'd have been using that word too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. But uh, no, I just thought that was kind of an inter- interesting thing, though. You know, do you do you guys think that that's going to possibly impact future Zelda? Th- like, let's say, like you know how they came out with Link's Awakening randomly. Let's say they do something like that again, and let's say they come out with like Oracle of Ages and Seasons in like the same style of Awakening, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think you know the fact that it's we're post Breath of the Wild, they're just going to immediately just kind of knock points off the rating for it? I think that's kind of shitty, personally. I mean, in terms of remakes, yeah, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense in my terms. I mean, yeah, we have it in comparison. Person, but uh, I guess it's a difference of remakes versus remasters. If it's just a remaster of a game, more just upscaling it, right? I don't expect a whole lot of change from the original game. So True. comparing it to a game that technically came out after it isn't very fair because they've had time to adjust and rework gameplay and whatnot. If it's technically a remake and they're actually going back and changing stuff in it, yes, you can slightly fault them to a point. Mm-hmm. But you also have to take, even though it's a remake, they still have to fit it into the terms of that original game. So they might not possibly be able to do similar game features as Breath of the Wild, which was more or less just free reign for them to make an entirely new system. See, that's kind of what I was going to say is even if you're doing a remake, yeah, you're remaking the game, trying to make it kind of up to the standards of games nowadays, but you still have to keep to what that game was. Yeah, true. It's like you can't change the game. I mean, if it's supposed to follow a certain path, you can't suddenly change it to try to make it something it's not. Otherwise, you might as well have just made a different game. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, you know, that's something that I'm going to be very curious of. If, if big if here, we get like... Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, you know, 3DS games brought up to Switch, or the Wii U's, you know, Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, if they get brought up to Switch, if they're going to get hit with the same possible, like, rating uh, system where it's just like, oh, well, Breath of the Wild did it better. You know, I just think that's kind of shitty, because it's like what you're saying, you know, it, it you kind of, you know, it's a remaster. Like, they're bringing the game up, don't expect to be Breath of the Wild. You know, I'm, it's, I'm also going to be very curious if it, we're going to get the same thing, if it's going to be, you know, like, like I said, another, like, like, smaller game, like, ages or seasons get brought up in Link's Awakening type of style if it's going to hit get hit with the same thing but I don't know I just thought that was an interesting little conversation point that I came across uh, with that said let's actually get into some more of the news and we were just talking a little bit about MMO stuff a couple little tidbits involving a couple of MMOs including one that uh, I think we're all 
equally pretty excited for is uh, Ash of Creation. The Alpha One playtest has now begun. Uh, I, that is a game that we have talked about here on the show before. In fact, you know, back in the day, me and Nick dedicated a large chunk of the show talking about Ashes of Creation uh, per a Patreon uh, request. Uh, that is a game that I'm very excited to check out when the time comes. We also have New World. Uh, the closed beta is uh, this month from the 20th uh, to August 2nd. You can register for that on newworld.com. Uh, that game is supposed to come out like late August, August, I think. August 31st. Is that a game that either you guys plan to check out? Nope. Not me. It's look. I, I watched... I mean, this has been probably six months back when I had uh, heavily looked into one of the tests that they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it looked interesting, but it, at the same time, wasn't a whole lot. I right. mean, Not a whole lot it, to pull you in. It's like, yeah, it's, it's kind of that problem of everything looks pretty good. It's like animations and stuff look good. But at the end of the day, it was kind of that, I was looking at it going, I mean, what's the point? Right. And that's sort of what I'm feeling because it seemed like it looks nice, but so did uh, Amazon's other game. Crucible. Crucible. <laughs> did anybody play that game besides me? Yo. That game was great. <laughs> you actually played it? Yeah. I mean, I agree with I John. I really enjoyed it. The, the <laughs> gameplay itself was actually very fun. All the characters they had were actually very interesting to play and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's just the map was too damn large. Yeah, you, it's like if you, if you got killed and you had to run all the way back, it's like you're spending the entire time getting back. And in the fact of the like, matter, all three game modes they had were on the same map, and one of them was a very heavy objective-based game mode, which was pretty much you either were going to win or you're going to lose because the spawns were so far apart where one team could easily get all of them before you even see the damn thing. So, I mean... New World looks nice, but their previous one looked nice as well and had fun game mechanics. It's just they it was built very poorly. So unfortunately for New World at this time, even though it looks nice, I'll let other people test it this time and see where that goes. Because it could be another repeat of it looks real nice, but it's just not. There's not jack to do in the world. I think right. yeah, I think that's gonna be the real decider is when it does come out. I'll keep an eye on it, and if it looks like there's plenty to do, I will absolutely jump in and try it. But that's going to be after a week or two. Let let the people who are going to be like the guys like sprinting in and chasing it down see what's going on there. Right. But as just creation, I think that's one that we can all agree is going to be pretty much like a, you know, like we're all going to probably check that one out pretty soon. But I can get the I can get the mindset behind New World and wanting to kind of hold off, let the bugs be worked out, let other people kind of figure it out, you know, and and see and see exactly how the game is going to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ashes of Creation, on the other hand, while like New World, you can look at it and go, I don't know how much is going to be there. That looks much more my style. Mm-hmm. That yeah. one, that one looks like it caters to what I would want to play more. Where so that one, it's like when it comes out, I'm more willing to just jump in and try it. Right. See, I'm sort of dead on MMOs right now, just because I played tons of them way back when. So I might touch Ashes of Creation, but. Probably not. See, I, I'm kind of in the same mindset of used to play him a lot. Now I'm kind of looking for that again. Right. Well, going over from there, uh, we do have a little rumor that uh, is pretty interesting and something to look forward to potentially is that we do uh, have a Nathan Drake collection potentially coming out to PS5 early 2022. That's something I think we could all expect to happen with the immense popularity that is Nathan Drake. Uh, Another thing that uh, has been delayed up into early 2022 is Ghostwire Tokyo. This is a game that's been like radio silent for a very long time now. Um, so to hear that it finally got delayed is really no surprise. Um, you know, this is uh, one of the, the last few games from uh, someone in, within Bethesda that is supposed to be going over to another console. You know, Microsoft, of course, is honoring these contracts after the purchase. So this and I think Deathloop are probably the last two that Bethesda is making that's going over to another console. This being a P- uh, PlayStation exclusive at mm-hmm. launch. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, we do actually have an official release date for uh, Pokemon Unite. Uh, you know, the Pokemon MOBA that's set to come out. Um, 
really excited to check this one out, and it's very soon, July 21st, the day after uh, this episode comes out, Pokemon Unite will be out. That is something that I will for sure check out day one. Um, you guys may also check it out day one as well. Really excited to play this game. Looks like a lot of fun. Pokemon Unite Twitter has been dropping stuff on it more or less every single day. They've been dropping multiple video clips of each of the playable Pokemon and everything. Looks like a lot of fun. There is still no actual release date for the mobile version. We know it's coming out in September, but other than that, they just said, hey, more coming soon. You know, we don't we don't know anything more. Uh, I don't think I'll ever check this out on mobile, though, because I want my phone to stay pure for whenever Diablo Immortal finally comes out. Um, so next little tidbit, you know, Zach, we've talked about this a couple times. We had another one hit uh, about retro gaming. Another another huge sale in uh, retro gaming here recently. Um, you know, we talked about um, the sealed copy of the first Zelda going for like 860K, I think is what mm-hmm. it was. You know, months ago we had uh, the uh, first Super Mario Bros. go for like 600-something K. Yep. Now we have Super Mario 64, a sealed copy rated at a 9.8, sells for $1.5 million. That is absolutely insane, and it is kind of worrisome about what is the retro gaming market becoming as we're seeing this all happen within six months. We see three massive sales like this. So now it also poses a question for anyone out there, us, other people, whatever. You know, you could have just a unopened Mario 64 in your closet probably in pretty good shape, and obviously you're not getting $1.5 but at this point, I mean, you see that, and it's just like, can I get a couple hundred for this? You know what I mean? Like, you know, so that, that's something to keep an eye on. You know, it's like even just, you know, co- you know, copies of games that you've played before and are unopened. They may go for a good couple hundred bucks maybe at this point as this stuff continues to happen and, and the rise continues to come. So just something to keep an eye on. Yeah, no, that's not me. Oh, any game I have, I open and play. I'm not a collector. Well, no, no, what I'm saying is like he, uh, the games that are even open and you've played, if they're in good shape. Yeah, boxes boxes yeah. Of, of old games, as long as they're in good condition, sell for a lot. They've yeah. only skyrocketed in value. Like some, it's like boxes that were like, say, six months ago mm-hmm. could sell for $1,000. Certain, it's like some games now, it's like if they're in good enough condition and, and graded uh, high enough, mm-hmm. you can get. Thirty thousand dollars for some boxes. Yeah, I, th- I it's, think it's I think unbelievable. A, I think a, I think I saw it was a I think it was a Pokemon Red Sandshrew first edition. Damn for like like box for like ninety thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. And I know just doing like uh, just kind of checking eBay on occasion, looking for like some GameCube games that I still want part of my collection. For example, uh, I, I know one of the big ones that I may never get is Fire Emblem: Path of Radiance. Right? Mm-hmm. You can buy just the box, no game with the manual. It run it'll run like two hundred, three hundred dollars just for the case, <laughs> which is insane to me. You know, but uh, you know, so just keep that in mind. You may just have a stray copy of Mario sixty four laying around that's in great condition. It might go for a couple hundred. You know, here in the near future. So take a look at that. Well, it sounds like I'm going to make some platinum. So, oh, yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, so, next up we got here is involving, once again, still Nintendo with the Joy Cons. So, that Nintendo did confirm that the Joy Con uh, did not change at all with the OLED models coming out. Uh, so, basically, the drift continues. And, you know, it does make sense for the Joy Con not to change. I know that sounds just like, well, how does that make sense? Obviously, there's a problem. Let's fix it. They're dealing with a lot of lawsuits right now, okay, involving the drift, all right? And Nintendo has never flat out admit there's a problem. Nintendo has never flat out said, oh, yeah, we've we've messed up. You know, they just keep on kind of alluding away from it, saying there's no problem. If they change the Joy-Cons in this OLED model, they're initially, they're, they're admitting defeat, and they're going to have to pay out these lawsuits. So when it comes to new Joy-Cons, don't expect it until the actual new Switch model. So that does suck that we're going to have still dealing uh, with, uh, with uh, Joy-Con issues, but... And just get a pro controller. You'll be all right. Uh, we did have an uh, interesting game announcement this past week. Um, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. Basically a Super Smash Brothers uh, version of uh, with Nickelodeon characters. I'm not going to lie. This game looks like it would be a stupid fun time. Like, I, I'm not going to sit here and say this is, obviously, it's not better, not going to be better in Smash or anything. You don't know that. I mean, you're right, I don't, but I'm going to go ahead and say no. Um, I but, made a quick sidebar. Yeah. I got you a Fire Emblem Path of Radiance empty GameCube case. 
if you want that, 30 bucks. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. Let's go. That's a steal. Now nah, I just have to get, get the game. But uh, no, the Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl, man, it actually looked like it'd be like a dumb, fun time. They all they showed off a lot of characters real quick at you. You know, obviously, you know, some of the bases like SpongeBob, Patrick, uh, Sandy, Danny Phantom was confirmed. Cat Dog? Cat, cat dog has not been confirmed, but you can see cat dog in like the silhouette of the case. The cat dog will be in the game as well as, uh, as well as Cora. Cora was also seen as a silhouette, uh, behind like the big logo. So Cora will be set to be in the game. Ang, of course, uh, they show off a couple of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, Nigel Thornberry. I thought that was, I thought that one was kind of funny. I'm here for that. That's a joke. Yeah, it is. Uh, the buttered toast man. I don't remember what that's from, but he's a playable character. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. This is a game that I actually probably will check out. It looks like a dumb fun time, and I'm here for that. Could be reaching here, but weren't the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles also in, uh, what was it, either uh, Mortal Kombat or Injustice 2? Injustice 2. Yeah. All right, there's some opening for you. Bring some superheroes into this oh, game. Oh, there you go. The crossover. Let's go ahead and start some crossovers. Let's do it. Zach is not okay <laughs> with this. <laughs> All right, so next up, uh, we did recently have uh, an interview with Phil Spencer. He was on a podcast, and he was uh, talking about a lot of different things. And one thing that he did mention is just how impressed Xbox is with the PS5 uh, DualSense controller. And he did say that it could inspire some Xbox controller changes, which okay, let's do it. Let's, you know, cause they didn't really do anything with the controller. It's the same controller as Xbox one, but added a button. Cool. Um, but what the thing is, will it change the base controller? No, I don't think it would just because you know, how many they've already released in, you know, Xbox series as it is now. Uh, but maybe may implement some of the changes with like the next elite, for example, you may like, maybe they try to do something of their own take of the adaptive triggers, which are yeah. awesome. Uh, I would love to see that because I love the PS5 controller with the adaptive triggers. So that would be really cool to see a, a change for the Xbox controller come in the future. Um, all right. So last bit of the, I would say like the smaller news, but this one is, you know, is interesting to talk about is that uh, apparently Netflix is set to get into some game development. Uh, they have hired a former EA and Zenga exec to lead the efforts. Uh, and with that, uh, data miners have recently found images for what's called uh, in games with a logo. Uh, Ghost of Shima uh, um, cover, cover art was also found in these uh, data mining, as well as like a data mining art picture of PS5 controllers. This is all within the, uh, the Netflix app that was found. So the question is, is a Sony partnership perhaps coming? Because I mean, just a few months ago, Netflix did sign a multi-year deal to hold Sony films. So we'll, are we going to see some sort of Netflix and Sony partnership coming? Which you know, one little tidbit is, you know, if that partnership is coming, you know, is this going to help both sides? Because let's look at, let's look at it like this. Game Pass is awesome. Okay. Every, you know, everyone knows that, including people that don't even have it like me. We know Game Pass is awesome. That's Microsoft's bread and butter. But what about PlayStation Now? Who has PlayStation Now? Who's bothered to go out and get PlayStation Now? That streaming service for games. So maybe this partnership could be a mutual partner where both sides could help benefit in some capacity, where maybe Netflix can help out with PlayStation to maybe give a some sort of you know in quality of life with PlayStation Now. You know, because I know one common complaint that I've heard from PlayStation Now because one of our close friends, uh, Jack, he's actually gotten a chance. To, he's had PlayStation Now at one point, and his big thing about it is he even had like good internet. Everything is that just the service itself, like the servers. Dog shit. Couldn't really do anything on it. So, you know, with you know, is there a potential partnership coming? We'll see. But I don't know. What you guys' thoughts on uh, Netflix possibly getting their own sort of, like, game streaming as well as possibly going into game development? Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Um, I guess I'm a little confused with how it works. Would it be you streaming games through the Netflix app? Yep. Yep. That 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 seems to be what 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 the game plan is going to be. I guess I guess I'm a little confused on how that works, because it's like, are you are they expecting you to have be using like a console or something with it, where you're just using it through there? Or are you what are you hooking your controller up to if you're doing that? Um, My fridge's ice cube machine. Because yes. I was thinking, like, what if you're what if you're not streaming Netflix, or what if you're using like a smart TV or something, or a Roku or something? Would it be possible to do it through there, or yes. can you only do it through a console? Because if that's the case... I'm going to say I, yes, because keep in mind the Xbox cloud, you can play... The, the Microsoft's game plan is to be able to play that from anywhere. You can pull up the app on, on TVs, have a, t have a controller connect to it, 
through Bluetooth and play it that way. And that's even to a point where I did see, I don't think it's happened yet. There's going to come a time where certain brands of TVs, I don't remember what, is going to literally give you an Xbox controller with the TV as we further get along to that point. So, yes, you, I, I, took, I would safely assume you can go on a smart TV and still play games on it. Can they give me a PlayStation controller instead? <laughs> right. I'm, damn. I'm, I'm, I've said it before. I prefer PlayStation controllers. I mean, okay, that's fair. I, I'm more of an Xbox controller guy, but I prefer a PlayStation, you know, as a whole. You know, uh, you know, PlayStation controllers for me, like, you know, like especially PS4, they're just, they feel so small to me. That's yeah. why I always like the Xbox controller more, but the, the I will say the DualSense is awesome. Yeah. I love the feel of the DualSense. PlayStation controllers are awesome when you got small hands. Yeah, you do have really small hands. That's trackball. <laughs> yeah, him with his trackball. Uh, what about you, Zach? Do you have any immediate thoughts on the Netflix thing? If not, that's fine. It's just curiosity if you have any. I mean, not really. I mean, if Sony and Netflix do a partner up, cool. Just means more servers everywhere running a lot more crap than they really should. But hey, right. that's what we're going to anyways. Um, I mean, cool. You, you once again unite two uh, different catalogs together to make it easier access for more people and confuse people again about what how much a membership is and who to get it from. I guess I'm I guess I'm just trying to picture how that would work in the app because. It would om- like if it's gonna be like in an app that like in a Netflix app where you could stream it from, they're gonna have to be able to differentiate, or they're gonna have to have like a s- opening selection or something. For well, you to I mean, pick. Netflix already sort of has that. If you've ever uh, had like multiple accounts or whatnot, because it actually allows to go uh, choose your account you're gonna be on, then whether you're gonna be on regular Netflix, and I believe there's like a family or kids mode Netflix. So, I mean, they could add another option of gaming on there. So, yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. Cause I guess, I guess having the ability to like create an account on there that's specifically for that. But then again, they've all, it's like Netflix has been cracking down on that. Like accounts. Yeah. It's yeah. like yeah. number of number of accounts that you can have on there. So I guess they would have to add in like a, if it's if they did something like that where it was like this one only goes to the gaming section of mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. where they would have to be able to have it where this is how many accounts you can have and this is how many accounts you can have for this section or well, something like that. Well I feel from a just easiness easiness of it, I highly doubt Netflix they might, uh, but I would doubt that they would make a specific thing for it. I fig figure like in some way, um it might work like the HBO Max and AT&T deal of where if you have AT&T, you get HBO Max. So uh, I still need to get that set up. I still have. <laughs> so I, I feel like it might be a thing of either if you have a Netflix account for an extra charge on your monthly, you can unlock the video game PlayStation stuff if they do a deal. Or if you have PlayStation now, you automatically get like a Netflix subscription of some sort through it. I guess they could also just do kind of like what Hulu has on their site where you can flip between like yeah. the movies, TVs, and right, that and right. just have it be like regular Netflix games yeah, mm-hmm. or something like that. That would make it a little bit easier. Yeah. I do think it'll be interesting to see what they have come out of it because, you know, one thing that Netflix has jumped into is they've, uh, as we've talked about over at Animan Plus, is they've started coming out with their own, like, different animes and stuff Boo. like that. Uh, they also have been doing their own shows and movies. So if they're also going to get into the game development side of things, we'll see how it goes. You know, we'll see how we'll see how it goes, right? Um, all right, so let's go from there. We got uh, two larger pieces of conversation this week. Of course, we had the Steam Deck get announced this past week, uh, basically Valve's version of like a Nintendo Switch almost. And then we also have to talk about the Persona 25th anniversary. So let's go ahead and kick things off with uh, Persona uh, 25th anniversary. So first and foremost, it's a little shout out for it: 15 million copies of Persona has been sold worldwide. That is an awesome accomplishment there. Shout I had out a to question: that. Is that like per- all Persona games? Or- yes. Okay. Yes, all Persona. Either way, hey, shout out to that. You know, Persona is steadily rising over the past few years in popularity. We have seen that. So it's cool. You know, we're going to keep on seeing those sales increase as time goes on, especially with each newer game that comes out. Those sales are going to keep on growing. So looking forward to that. Here, I waited like six years from four to five. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, basically. Uh, So we also have uh, a number of celebrations for about a one-year span, ranging from September of this year to sometime in fall of 2022. The announcements is going to be more or less the bigger announcements 
It's going to be like uh, every other month. It's all listed on their website right now, ranging from like possible games, possible anime stuff, maybe some merch, whatever along those lines. And, uh, the, you know, the director did recently comment on Persona 6, you know, it's, which is very exciting for Persona fans, is, uh, you know, saying, quote, Thanks to the uh, large amount of support we've received for Persona 5, we've gotten a sense of accomplishment, but we can't stop there. When we when we created Persona 4, there was a pressure that we had to uh, exceed Persona 3, and now we have to create a 6, which exceeds 5. So that interesting little comment there about uh, how they're kind of viewing it going into Persona 6, and uh, you know, one little interesting thought to have involving like these number of announcements and possible games and stuff is you know Persona 4 Golden. It's Golden, right? I believe is what. Yes. It's, okay. You know, that one came over to Steam not too long ago yep. and shocked Sega, shocked Atlas with just how many people picked it up, how many people bought it. You know, kind of it did shock them. They were b- kind of blown away by that. I so mean, the, I'm not. I know, I know you're not, but to them, they were just like, okay, we didn't expect the, you know, the, d- the demand for it to be like that. So now the question is, you know, with some with possible game announcements, are we going to get maybe some of the older ones kind of brought back up? What's your thoughts on that? Oh, please, God, yes. Because it's so hard to freaking play the original one and the second one on a freaking PSP now. I mean, first three could do a definite use definite overhaul. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I started back on three and three was fun. Four was better than three easily. Four to five had like a five, six year gap depending on where you were. So five blew four out of the water. Um, right then pretty much most of their offshoots are very solid and everything. The only one that I know that's wasn't solid was the FES Persona 3. That was rough. That one was rough, everybody. Um, for the few of you who have probably played that uh, <laughs> and everything. So, I mean, it's going to be exciting. It'll be nice, fun and everything. I'd see no... Because honestly, 5... Yeah, 4 was good. 4 got pep- popularity. But five exploded, yeah, and just exceptionally. Like I expected five to do well, but with how fast it grew, I went, well, there went four, just right <laughs> out the window. Um, yeah, especially with because like even when Golden came out, I think originally on I think it was on Vita, is what it came out on originally. Even that got pretty popular just because people missed Persona Four, right? Because before. Uh, five, which came out on our PS4 systems, and then we got Royal, which was just updated five. Mm-hmm. The last two Persona games, three and four, were on freaking PlayStation Two. So there's a whole generation missing Persona games. So there's tons of people who who didn't touch a PS2 or barely had a PS2 who never knew those were a thing. Right. So with five, yeah, I'm not very surprised by how much it blew up, and four getting on, uh, Golden being released on other systems and being brought up yeah i'm not surprised by this at all now let me ask you because you know i'm not a huge persona fan so i don't know how they would approach this you know when it comes to possible like game announcements and reveals and stuff do you think they would maybe do a perhaps like a a trilogy collection of one two and three or do you think they would only pick like maybe one of them to be brought up like how do you what do you think they would do for that because i personally i just i don't i have no idea uh considering sega's what their publisher atlas is the production or developers I could see them doing a uh, trilogy of some sort just because look at what Sega's done recently with uh, the Yakuza series, which right, is also right. very popular, and which Sega went the extra mile with that one and just went, screw it, we're just going to remake everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I could see them taking uh, 1, 2, and 3 and doing a remaster and maybe doing a slight um, system overhaul and whatnot because uh, with the Yakuza games, I actually played... The original Yakuza when it first came out, and then Kiwami, which was the remake, in which they cut that up quite a bit and added in new mechanics that came out with the later games and changed things up that made it just feel very appropriate for the series to match for what people have been playing with how Yakuza caught on and still felt like the original game easily. So I could very much see them doing that. Uh, with the original two games, Persona 1 and 2, and possibly integrating some newer systems in, some of the newer systems into it and everything, and probably just for 3, ideally just giving it a nice little overhaul. Right. Because in the Persona games, 3 was probably the first one that really got our current system in the games, and they've just more or less updated each one, making it better and smoother. Right. Okay, I got a couple, quite well, three questions okay. for you. 
Because at one point in there, you were saying, I think you said two and three are hard to play. Go back and play on PSP. Yes. Do you have a PSP? I have one point in time I did. Oh, I'd have I to was, find I it. Was, I was about to be excited. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't know, I don't know anybody else who ever had a PSP. I, I had it. one. So it was, they, It's like the most underused <coughs> handheld ever, and it was PSP fantastic. PSP was great. So I actually had to, to play those because they did actually do a remaster of 1 and 2 at one point. Because 1 and 2 was originally on uh, just the PlayStation, I believe. And then they remade them. Uh, for PSP whenever 4 got originally popular. And, uh, yeah, it was that gap in between 3 and 4. They actually remade them for the PSP. Um, when I think, actually, the large PSP came out. So the only real versions you can find now are the remade ones, and they're only on PSP. So I spent, like, $300 to acquire a PSP plus those two games. Because you're talking about retro games. Both those games almost cost freaking $100 a piece. Jeez, I I don't think I think I'm the only one here who actually keeps up with like retro game pricing and that, and it's it's incredible right now. Yeah. Uh, Two, uh, uh, you were talking about uh, with Persona Five, like the different versions that it has now, Mm -hmm. the base Royal. Uh, I've been I've been considering going back and actually trying to play it. I got like twenty thirty hours into it the first time I played it. Yeah. Uh. Would it be worth getting Royal or just going through and playing base game? It would be worth getting Royal because Royal, they actually tweak some of the systems, making it a little bit easier. Like I noted, because I've completely played through both versions twice. I have about 120 hours in both. Um, so they actually tweak some stuff, making like get getting up your um, characters, like social ability stats, the strength, charm, all that fun stuff is actually a little bit easier to uh, crank out in Royal, so it's not as much of a grind, as well as they've um, made the bond system, the uh, confidants, are a little bit easier as well because there was some times when getting some confident uh, confidence levels up was way too long. So, I mean, they've tweaked it in Royal, made it a little bit more smoother and things like that, added some things, changed some things, added a bit new more content, and everything, so I mean, it's worth it to buy Royal. Okay, because like I said, I was considering going. It's one of those games that I've wanted to go back and finish, and I've been considering it more recently. Mm-hmm. And I've been having that little internal fight where I'm like, "Do I get? Do I get Royal?" So, and I knew you had played a bunch of it. Yeah. Uh, and then three with the Yakuza talk because they did do the remasters recently. Yes. I'm assuming based off the way you're talking, you do recommend those games. Oh hell yeah! Because <laughs> those are those are also on my list because I, as soon as I saw the remastered. Uh, collection of everything coming out it immediately went up on my list but it's one of those ones I haven't jumped into yet I don't know a whole lot about it other than like clips and that that I've seen I mean if you really want to John I own Zero Kiwami Kiwami 2 and Song of Life which is 6 unfortunately the remasters of 3, 4 and 5 are only digital Um, so you can only buy that in a 3 pack which comes with all 3 yeah I mean if you buy a 3 pack of that Almost worth it though. Yeah, because I assume they it's like pricing on that's fairly reasonable as well. Oh yeah, no, the pricing is decent. I'm pretty much, if I remember correctly, it's sixty or seventy bucks for three whole games. I paid more than that for games I don't play. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. <laughs> that's that that and I can also agree to that. <laughs> yeah, you know, because didn't you buy like um uh that uh, huge Elder Scrolls collection thing? And I accidentally <laughs> gave it away or something. <laughs> I didn't give it away. By accident. I, I still have the box. I still have the copies of the uh, of the first <laughs> two games, which is what I was mostly buying it for. Okay, okay. I did give away the digital code for the other three games without realizing it was all three games. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was just one. You were just trying to, what, just give Skyrim, I think? No, I had Skyrim. I owned, the, I owned Oblivion and Skyrim. Uh but I wanted it for the first because it came with the first Elder Scrolls, second Elder Scrolls, and like an offshoot game, and then Morrowind, Oblivion, and Skyrim, mm-hmm. which I still have the ones that I wanted it for. Okay, well, at least you but have I that. But I did accidentally give away the other games. <laughs> which I still think is funny. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this Steam Deck. You know, this uh, this is something that we talked about uh, probably 
I don't know, four or five episodes ago, maybe, maybe, maybe sooner than that. I don't remember where, uh, you know, there was some data miners that did find like code names and stuff leading to this like Steam console or something along those lines. And we did get the official announcement yesterday, which funny enough, the uh, when this was announced, uh, Elgato also announced a new stream deck. So there was a lot of wow. confusion online for a lot of people that I thought was pretty funny. Anyway, all right, so let's break it down. Uh, the Steam Deck is more or less like Valve's attempt at a like their own version of a Switch to play Steam games on the go, which is awesome. I can play Mass Effect on the go now, which is absolutely incredible. I'm here for that. Uh, let's go over some pricing. So we got uh, $400 is going to be the base price, which ain't, which is honestly not too bad. That's for a 64-gigabyte model. We got $529 for the 256-gigabyte model, and we also have the uh, $649 for the 512-gigabyte model. Uh, this all having 16 gigs of RAM built into it. Uh, we have the eMMC uh, drive for the 64 gigabyte, which is going to be a little bit slower for storage. Meanwhile, the other two is going to have the uh, NVMe uh, drives, SSD drives for the other two, so that may kind of entice you a little bit to go the other way. As well as the 512 has a premium anti-glare glass, you know, which to further try to bring you up that one. They all come with a carrying case as well. Uh, so originally, Valve was saying a December release. is There was their original mindset and they even went on to say, you know, you have to pay like a $5 reservation for, you know, fee for it, whatever. And they're just like, oh, yeah, we just want to try to gauge the, the pre-orders, you know, so we can get shipping handled right and send out just the right amount. I don't think they, they clearly didn't expect the blow up that was about to happen from this because now a majority of orders aren't even projected until sometime early 2022 instead of December like they originally planned for. There is going to be a dock that comes with it, but that will be sold separately. You can pretty much plug this in to any TV or monitor and just use as a basic computer. Uh, it does come with its own uh, OS. It does come with a Steam OS built in, but that can be uninstalled and you can install Windows onto it or whatever, which is very interesting. The modding community is going to have a field day with that. Um, this is basically a portable computer, not a console. That's how they've. That's how they're kind of working it up and talking about it. As for what like the the more or less the Joy Cons or the controllers, however you want to refer to it, or you know what we got going on there. Both sides do have motion pads to help with like some maybe some FPS. Uh, has the ABXY, has D pad, has triggers and bumpers, and it also has four assignable uh, grip buttons on the back, which is to be expected. You know, you're going to need a lot of buttons for a few of these PC games. Uh, the handheld screen is 720 uh, OLED screen, and the battery life is going to be two to eight hour battery life. I imagine more leaning towards that too, if you're depending on what you're playing. If you're playing like maybe like Stardew Valley or something, yeah, you may get that eight hours. But if you're playing like Doom, you know, or you're playing uh, like I know they showed they they kept showing off a lot for like uh, Control or Star Wars Jet, mm-hmm. you know, following. I'm going to bank on two hours, right? Uh, I will say this is already being obviously scalped as we would expect. The scalping has been just unbelievable, you know, the past two years, basically. The scalp prices that I've seen, $850 ranging up to $5,000. And the sad part is some of these are being purchased. If you go on eBay and you look at the sold list, uh, there are people that's already bought this for twelve hundred dollars there's already people that's bought this for right at a thousand i think i saw one purchase for fifteen hundred dollars uh man these scout pr- prices are just out of control and the same thing for the switch oled of course you know those, those scout prices have been absolutely insane as well um but what are you guys' thoughts on this uh, on this steam deck you know obviously when it came to their whatever it was called the steam box that's what it was yeah when it came to the steam box obviously it didn't do super well but you know the big problem with it is that you know cool you want to make a console that plays steam games for this amount of money why buy that for that amount of money when i could just buy a computer and still play your steam games right that was the big thing so when we talked about these leaks you know we acknowledged that hey this could possibly be pretty decent because it it has its own unique purchase to it of where you can make this portable now the battery life that is concerning two to eight eh, like i said i'd lean more towards two depending on what you're playing but uh overall what are you guys' thoughts on this is this something that you might be interested on down the line i mean i know this is something i, I am interested on but by no means am i going to try to grab it right away but it is something I'm going to keep an eye on. I will say the fact that you can uninstall the Steam OS and install your own Windows is very interesting. And I will also add on to that. I did see this. With the base Steam OS they have right now, there are certain games that you will not be able to play unless you uninstall it and put in a Windows. Examples being, even though it's on Steam, Destiny 2 was an example. 
Apex Legends was another example. Just as a couple of examples that it will not be playable on the Steam OS right now, maybe later. You know, because they obviously you know that you know Apex is Epic Game Store. Yep. Uh, so you can use Epic Game Store on this thing, whatever. And you know, I did get a chance to watch, and you walked in with me, and we we both watched it the, the IGN hands on. And one thing they did say is that when they plugged this up into a monitor to start playing with it, they didn't even know they were on a Steam Deck. They just really felt like a normal computer. Um, but uh, with that said. What are you guys' thoughts? How, how are you guys feeling about the Steam Deck? I mean, it seems interesting and whatnot. Um, it is sort of funny to think that they went from December to 2022, but to be fair, they couldn't have very high expectations considering how the Steam Box went. Exactly. <laughs> and just as you were saying, like, what was the point of it when I can have a computer? Shoot. What's yep. the point of it when I can just get an HDMI cable and plug my computer tower into my TV? Yep. Um. I mean, but it does seem interesting. I would be curious to see how it is. I'm like you, Alex, curious how um, modders and things like that are going to play with this, considering it is pretty much just a more or less a miniature computer, almost. Yep. Um, speaking of games and whatnot, uh, I would be curious to see what the actual benchmarks and whatnot are going to be on stuff, because you said mm -hmm. like Doom Eternal and things like that, guessing only about... The two hours of the eight hours uh, yep. battery life. I'd be curious to see what actual benchmarks and whatnot of how far it would go and what can actually push the system on draining and everything and see whatever we can play with on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I was just double checking the prices as to see also as well as like the memory in that on these. And like for this 512 one, is that total storage 512? Mm -hmm. Yes, but there is an SD card port. Yeah, you okay, can put in an SD card. Yep. Okay, because I was I was looking at this little rotating image of the Steam Deck, looking for a port on it somewhere yep. to be able to extend the storage. Yeah, it's, it's on still, top. It's an SD card. Yes. Yep. Man, they're they're holding back like Nintendo right now. <laughs> the only thing there is, it's like you would almost if you get, I mean, if you can get an SD card for it, then it's almost. It would almost be worth just getting the 399 version if you were wanting to just have this for carrying around in that. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, for the price increase to get a 256 over that 64, you can get a much bigger SD card. Right. Because that was the thing I was looking at at first. Because I'm looking, I, I realized the size. I know you had set them, but it didn't click with me. And a lot of these games that are on Steam, because I, I imagine a lot of people are going to want this for their own Steam library and just be yeah, able yeah. to carry it to play their games there. Yep. Uh a lot of a lot of these games on Steam have very bloated file sizes. Yes, they do. True. So that's it's like that was my concern I was starting to have there, but if you can put extra storage in it then that's less of an issue, but an SD card is still a, pretty limited. A little limiting. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, it, you know, overall, is, is this something that both of you might look to pick up at some point? I'm, I'm with you that that 399 pricing is kind of enticing. Just throw an SD card into it and good to go. Yeah, the only downside for that is just you know it would be nice to have that uh, NVM uh, E drive uh, SSD for the 256 and above. But I mean, still at 400 price tag, that's that is very enticing. Yeah, I don't know if I'll necessarily look at it anytime soon yeah i agree i agree on that like it because i mean i mean every like you had said i'm looking at that page everything is quarter two or later yep. on their on their page right yep. now so it's like even looking at it anytime soon is not really a viable option but i mean it would it would be interesting but at the same time a lot of the games i would probably want to play while i'm out and about aren't going to be, like, super intensive games. Right. They're just going to be, like, kind of my relaxing games, which I don't really need this for because I could probably play my Switch. I like the idea of this. I just don't know if it's for me right now. For me personally, no. I'll be very curious to see what people do to mess with it, considering they can more or less uninstall and add their own personal stuff to it, but me personally picking up, no. Gotcha. 
like I said, it's something I'm. It's something I may look at. Uh, that you know, it's some down the line. I'm not going to jump onto it super quick, but uh, you know, mostly I, I do want to see what the modding community is going to do with it. That that's probably one of my biggest interests oh, right yeah. now. Oh yeah, next year, next year after people have had these for a little while, you're going to see some of these coming back with some crazy collection of games on them. Yep, that they're probably just going to get wipe it, add a bunch of stuff on there, and then sell it for like a hundred, hundred fifty bucks extra. Yeah. So that 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 that's what's that's what's uh, interesting me, you know, the most. So looking forward to that. But uh, I do think that will do it for the show. We've hit everything that we wanted to hit. Good episodes uh, today, I think. You know, talking about the Steam Deck, Persona, Persona Twenty Fifth, the Netflix stuff, Sword of Legends Online, of course. Overall, pretty good episode in my opinion. Uh, look, really excited to do Lighthearted Gamers episode fifty next week. Like I said, we're gonna give you fifty games that you absolutely need to play. And when I when I say that, there will there will be some obvious like notable titles that are going to be on there, but we're also going to have some, you know, maybe some lesser titles that you've never even heard of or checked out on there as well. Uh, it will be a fun time. Of course, you know, John will be there for it. We should have, like I said, another guest who's never been on the show before, but he's been mentioned before looking forward to possibly getting him on there and, uh, just going through and talking about video games, man. No, no news that no news for that episode. Just nothing but video game talk. It's gonna be a fun time. Uh, but, uh, John, Zach, do you guys have anything you guys want to throw out there to finish off the show here? The only thing I really got is my usual spill. Like, comment, subscribe, rate, whatever your platform allows. If you are watching this on YouTube and you feel like it, please hit that subscribe button. If you want to know when we post up videos, hit the bell after subscribing. Thank you. And where is that? YouTube.com forward slash Sparky3. I'm very happy about that. What about you, John? You got anything? Uh, no, just thanks for letting me come back on Ramble Absolutely. a bit. I'll be back next week, I guess. Yep, <laughs> forgot about it, forgot he agreed to it, but here we are, you know, going down with it. Uh, like I said, hopefully that other guest can be on there. I think it'll be a fun time having all four of us in here. But if you guys made it all the way to the end, you're absolutely incredible, and we appreciate you so much. Uh, make sure to definitely tune in to episode 50 of Lighthearted Gamers. 50 episodes of this show. We're approaching 50 episodes for Animan Plus as well. Uh, we got some good stuff going on here at Sparky 3. We, we really believe in the direction that we're going. Uh, we got the terrible football show coming out. We got some other shows in the works as well. It's a good time here at Sparky 3, guys. With that said, hopefully you guys have a phenomenal day. Until next time, see you. Bye.